Welcome everyone to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Between work, being out, and uh, out of state actually for a little while here, been a little bit on the less of the podcast episodes. My co-host Gavin has also been doing a play recently as well, so his time has been taken up extremely, uh, which is totally fine, totally understandable. So we've been trying to do some things for you guys and plans and whatnot, but we're still doing some really cool ideas coming in the near future. And today on this episode, David Marriott is on on the show. David is a editor. He's a writer for IDW Comics, working on Sonic, Godzilla, Transformers, the works. And we talk about all of that because he's, I believe, the first editor we have on the show. You know, for four years of doing the show too. Crazy. Oh, we talk all about the nerdy stuff of working on a Transformers series, you know, us geeking out as kids, finding inspiration as writers, and all sorts of other things along those lines. And hopefully you might be able to learn some from from this episode to say the least if you guys can though it'd be awesome if you guys can subscribe to wherever you're listening to the podcast at and stay tuned for more new episodes throughout the weeks as well too uh, we're gonna try to aim for tuesdays is a good day for you guys to get new episodes on the weekly whether they're interviews whether they're us doing reviews or whatever it might be stay tuned for more on the podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts at and if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Twitter at Dakota Morgan three, however long Twitter lasts. Instagram at Dakota underscore Morgan ninety seven, and also Twitch Dakota Rex ninety seven, and on YouTube Dakota Morgan, where I do paleo content, video games, all the stuff like that too, and not other nerdy shit. So lots of content for you guys either way here. And if you enjoyed it, hopefully you learned something. But without further ado, let me end my ramble and let's get into my talk with David. Oh, did it? Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you now. Okay. But... <laughs> I jinxed it. I knew something was going to happen. Right? Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, of course. Happy yeah. And uh, so you did four cons in five weeks? Yeah, I did four wow. cons in five weeks um, in various capacities. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I was uh, just getting out there and tabling every single time. Mm-hmm. Um if I can remember them all properly, it was, I came out for the Arizona Comic Book Arts Festival in Phoenix, um, and me and my partner Rebecca both had a table out there, you know, sold comics, did all that good stuff. I missed that one, otherwise I would have stopped by and been like, hello! (laughs) It was a lot of fun, but, like, it's one of those little one-day shows, so if Mm. you're not there and able to do it that one day, you know, I, I totally get missing it. I, I also work weekends too, so mm. I yeah, yeah my day job, yeah, and I can't exactly get a much. It's animal crime investigations and ambulance calls involving animals, so mm. it's definitely one where I can't get off early. <laughs> I can try yeah. as much as I want, but um, but yeah, what is it like in con circuit right now? Because I haven't been to one in the new world era post COVID sort of thing. So what is it like? I'm kind of curious. It's very interesting, and like you know, having been doing all these cons seeing how different they all are has been very interesting too um in a lot of ways cons are calmer than they've been in the past which has been kind of nice like i like i like a show where things are a little bit more relaxed uh that said they're also i think picking back up and it's just been interesting seeing like it People at least are usually pretty good about giving each other space now. Mm, Like, I have not had that stormtrooper crunch in the middle of an aisle (laughs) where you just, like, cannot move around people. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So that's been really nice. And then, yeah, people seem excited to be back at cons. 
but also there's still just that little bit of like I don't know whether it's people are just not comfortable going out or staying out for a long time at a con or mm. it's you know it something something feels different about the energy of conventions where there's still that nice excitement but it is just a little bit chiller and that's been good Oh, okay. I mean, I would be very curious to see what that's like, because every time, and I mean, I've went to a bunch of cons over the years, and every time it is, even in Phoenix, it felt like it, I mean, the um, kind of like, Stormtrooper Crunch, I love that. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, and taking a look at that, like, I, hmm, I don't know, I'm just kind of curious about that. And you said it's picking up, though, which makes sense. People might be starting to go to them a lot more, but... And I know, like, money's tight, too, for a lot of people. That might be a, also a big factor about conventions as well. But maybe oh, everyone right. there's just... I Maybe, I think, too, it could be just... Maybe it's just because it's a good relaxation thing. It's a good escape. Nobody wants to ruin the good escape from all the stuff going on in life anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, I, hopefully, I can make it to Phoenix Comic Con this year. Do you think you might be going, or...? Uh, we will see... It's oh. <laughs> it's it's come up. Um, if I were to make it out, I'll just be you know heading out because I like Phoenix and you know it, it's fun to attend. It's been a while since I've been out there, um, but it is my significant other's birthday weekend, so uh, <laughs> yeah. we're we're deciding whether or not like that's what they want to do for their birthday. <laughs> Makes sense. And if you want to spend the convention, I mean, it could be a memorable birthday celebration. It could be. Um, it's just going to be hard to talk because that's how uh, we spent their 21st birthday. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. They're from Surprise. So, like, you know, uh, they're, it was the local show. Oh, Birthdays okay. line up a lot. So, yeah. Okay, all right. I mean, are you guys out in L.A. right now or, like, somewhere uh, along there? Yeah, we're in San Diego. Oh, okay, so you're not too far. I'm like, you sound like you're close. <laughs> like, yeah, no, not we're... Too far. We live in San Diego. Uh, their parents live in Surprise. My dad's out in uh, Gilbert. Oh, wow. And we met in Tucson. So, in many ways, we are Arizona people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that is definitely like you're hitting all the things there. Next thing you know, you're going to be like, and I have a cousin in Glendale, and then we have someone like, I have a stepmom in Peoria, or. Uh, oh, boy. I mean, you're just hitting all the bases there. But you know what? That's cool. I like that. I like it. You guys met in Tucson. I mean, that's that's a hell of a place to meet somebody, too. <laughs> I've only yeah. been out there once. I like Tucson. Uh, I'm a U of A graduate, so, you know, <sighs> spent a good few years out there. and. It's nice. Good little town. I like it. I like it. Um, Well, that's cool, though. I mean, do you guys come out here often, or is it kind of like a little, like, retreat sort of thing? Uh, you know, back and forth. Like, back and forth. We we try to make it out to Arizona a few times a year because, again, we have family in the greater Phoenix area, and we have family, or pretty much family in Tucson. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, sometimes it's nice to just have them come to us. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Save on the gas money a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. Then again, oh. once we get to Arizona, we really are saving all the gas money. 
It's true. Oh, it's so much true. Um, mm-hmm. I developed, I just got back. One of the things was part of the reasons why I was a little bit late on the emails to you was because I was out of town for a week in my home state of Illinois. And shockingly, and people were like, get the comics. We will, people. Don't worry. But like shockingly, though, gas is actually cheaper in Illinois than it is in Arizona. Wow. That is. That is wild. <laughs> they were in front of love. Like, what is this weird world? Like, it was like 380. I'm like, what, fucking, what world is this? This is insane. <laughs> the yeah. second poorest state in the United States. And you mean to tell me it's a cheaper gas? What? I, we were in Chicago. Uh, what? late last year i think late last year uh like october of last year and you know gas was not cheap while we were out there and then when we were out uh, in arizona this last time it was like oh yeah look at how mercifully cheap gas is compared to where we are now (laughs) look how much you can save (laughs) look look how much it doesn't make you want to cry at the pump (laughs) isn't it nice oh boy uh well you, sir, are part of the reason we wanted you on the show today is because you do a couple different fun things. You've been, uh, from what I can tell, an editor, and also you've been a writer in the past for comics. Uh, yeah, both true. And, you know, occasionally a little bit of everything else, but uh, mostly those two things. What do you mean everything else? Like artist? Or are you like dabbling in some drawing? I... I would not describe myself as an artist, though, <laughs> okay. of course, you know, like anyone, I've drawn my own, like, weird little uh, self-serving comics. Um, okay. <laughs> that could mean a lot of things, David. Like, yeah, mean a lot of things. There's a... Is it, ever... is it fanfic? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay, have right. you ever... Have you ever read Mr. Boop by Alec Robbins? <laughs> I have not, but I'm going to... Mr. Boop? I'm going to Google Mr. This. Boop, it's about how he's married to Betty Boop. It's um, amazing. It was a like, daily webcomic, and then Silver Sprocket ended up picking up the print edition. It's very bizarre, um, and ultimately a pretty fun meta-commentary about uh, licensing and the ways in which oh. characters are controlled by corporations and lots of other stuff um and so so it's very meta (laughs) very meta very um wow it's great i love it and uh we'll always plug alec and his stuff um but for 24 hour comic book day or whatever it was this year uh that's what i did like every hour i just did a page of mr piggy my comic about being married to miss piggy (laughs) (laughs) that's all right i kind of like that oh that's gotta be is life grand or is life not so grand because i don't think it'd be grand (laughs) it's something uh it's quite weird uh so yeah you know i've done little stuff like that and then as part of being an editor at least in my experience something that is really helpful is knowing at least a little bit about doing the various other tricks of the trade. You know, I've done a little bit of lettering. I've done a little bit of coloring. I've done a little bit of stuff here and there. Not, you know, big professional. I'm going to go out and letter a whole book or color a whole book. But, you know, mm. uh, enough to feel like I actually know what I'm talking about when I'm giving people notes on it now. Interesting. So you mean to tell me, like, it's kind of like being an editor is almost being the Swiss Army knife in comics? Because I got I to gotta say, excuse me, four years of doing this show, t- 
talked to a lot of people in industry, Hollywood, all that stuff. Never have I ever been able to talk to an editor before. Well, I'm glad I get to be the first one. Yeah, they. Um, but it's what it sounds like. Also, I do have to say, I, I did Google Mr. Boop. It's not what I expected. <laughs> it's, it's the artwork. I did accidentally write Mr. Boob, and that did not. I was like, what is going on on this on Google? Don't well, Google I mean, Mr. Boob. <laughs> Whatever you do. Not entirely dissimilar. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, uh, there's an 18 plus Mr. Boop that I'm looking at here. Volume, yep. Mr. Mr. Oh, wow. Okay. Life's <laughs> getting. Okay. Well, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Boop. Yeah. They look fascinating. Uh, okay. Sorry. I just want to say that one because that one, I just fell down a like weird rabbit hole of looking at Mr. Boop pick, uh, artwork. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so it's, it's like I was saying, like it sounds like you guys are like the Swiss Army knife. So you have to like learn how to at least touch up or do certain things or maybe change some things around. Like, is it like a long work process to learn it all, or was it kind of like relatively kind of snap sort of pace for you? Um, I mean, I think a lot of it for me has been learning on the job and learning as I needed to do things. Um, there's nothing to teach you coloring like uh having a book that needs to go to print that day and then your colorist is like oh man i'm at the doctor for whatever oh, reason no <laughs> i can't do it and you're like well their note was sonic is the wrong shade of blue i can probably get the right shade right and then you know, <laughs> just doing some quick fixes and fortunately oh, no. hopefully it looks good um but yeah no uh, I find that being an editor is uh, kind of like being a shepherd and a jack-of-all-trades um, all at once. Your job is to bring everyone in and make sure that they, like, keep your flock together, make sure they're on track, they're not getting distracted and lost and not responding to emails and whatever mm -hmm. else. And then... As soon as something falls apart, being able to hop in and like help fix it however you can. You're kind of like the father of <laughs> of the, of the comic group. Yeah, you're like, all right, or the teacher. One might say the teacher's like, all right, let me grab your hand, let me help you out here. Or I'll shepherd. It's shepherding. I like it. I like it. And it makes sense. You're a writer. Look at you using all this. Uh, I like it. Cool. Okay. It does. You seem like a very calm guy, David. And I don't know if I'd be such an, a calm personality like you if I was an uh, editor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, the stressed part of me doesn't come out in public, and oh, that is one okay. of the advantages of mostly working at home now, where I can just you know walk into my bedroom for a little while and shout into a pillow for thirty <laughs> minutes or whatever, and then get back to it. So your significant another definitely would be one to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like listen, I've seen I've seen David at his highs and lows. And I never knew a transformer book could get someone so so agitated. Yeah, yeah, that uh that does sound about right. Yeah. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I mean, and so kind of diving into that though a little bit. I mean, so like you mentioned Sonic before, and then like looking at it, where I knew you from was from the Transformers books. Like, what is it like taking on something like that, or like a nerdy kind of dream almost in a sense? Like, what is it kind of like taking on some big properties like that? I mean, it's very satisfying. I've gotten to 
I've gotten very, very lucky in my career in that I work on a lot of licensed stuff and have worked on a lot of licensed stuff. I've worked on Transformers. I've worked on Sonic. Um, currently, and I know you've talked about it on the show before, I'm the editor of most of our Godzilla comics over at IDW. Yes. Um, and I've worked on various other things. And I've been very lucky to mostly get things that I like um, and know something about going into it. Um, when I was, like, a kid, one of my dreams was to eventually write and also, in whatever capacity, work on a Beast Wars comic. And I got to do that, and it was very satisfying. But it is also one of those things where, you know, uh, I'm sure everyone else talks about this, whether they're a writer or an artist or any other part of the industry. At some point, it is also the, like, yeah, I'm doing my dream job, but it's also a job and a thing I have to deal with for however many hours a week, no matter how much I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's still it's still that dr- stressful thing. I mean, that's like the underlying part of any dream job, I think, is once you do it, it is still work. Like, it's still a job. You still have to do mm-hmm. put in the time, the effort, the dedication. Well, I mean, dedication is going to be there and the love is going to be there, so you don't have to work on it as hard. But like, once once you do it, then it's just like the stress levels about it. Um, the D word of deadlines, There's there's that. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely the part of it that's just like, you know, it's never, uh, for me at least, it's never been overwhelming to this degree. But I do know people who, like, when they sort of have to shut off from the day from that part of it, it kind of changes how you enjoy the thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, I don't, in a very minor way. I don't watch as many Transformers cartoons or whatever anymore because there is a part of it that will forever remind me of like, oh, yes, this is work. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, I have to study this or hey, that character there. Or, oh, I remember having to do something with that character mm-hmm. or make that character look similar to this and put that storyline in. Oh, they took not inspiration from my storyline, which would still be kind of cool to see. But. Oh, definitely. It's got to be something. I mean, do you feel that way with the live action movie and maybe coming up at all or anything like that? Or is that one you're able to be a little bit separated from? I think I think that's going to be a lot easier for me um, in large part because, you know, at this point I am no longer working on Transformers comics. And so I do just sort of get to enjoy it as a fan again. Yeah. Um, that said, like, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here in front and be like, Oh, yeah, no, I, I couldn't play through Sonic Frontiers. I did. I absolutely did. It was a lot <laughs> Good. of fun. Good. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it's an interesting balance having the things that you love be your work because sometimes you just don't want to engage with them with because it feels like work. Yeah, I, I get that a thousand percent. I mean, when this company I work for, SGGS Comics, like we were doing stuff uh, back when and when I was working ahead like seven different series of different loves that I have, you know, heroes, uh, villain books, uh, giant mm-hmm. monsters were a big thing too. In one of my series. And, you know, I, it was uh, giant monsters in the Vietnam war going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, working on that. And so it was like a lot of Godzilla movies. I was going to my love of that. Um, cause big Godzilla fan and all that stuff. And, you know, diving into those watching Pacific Rim. And so like giant monster stuff, sort of that fandom kind of like went by the wayside for a little bit, working a couple years in that book. Like, uh, it 
working on Kaiju Shield definitely was a little bit of something I feel in, and the film industry as well. When I was in there for like four years and working as like acting and uh, on the crew side, I guess you could sum it all up, like costume design shit and writing, you know, kind of seeing that stuff there. I used to watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff on DVDs and I don't do that as much anymore as I used to because I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is it just feels kind of like work or like you have the flashbacks to crazy things that happened and you get to do it and you're like, yeah, it's still entertaining, it's still fun, but you, you just, it is kind of that weird, as you said, balance in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Interesting, interesting. But, so you said you're a Transformers fan, so I mean, were you like, is, was it, how long, I, I mean, was it a childhood thing, or was it something like in your adult age you got into, or? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it was a childhood thing, um, you know, I remember watching Beast Wars Transformers from a very young age. I remember uh, renting Transformers the movie from the Hollywood video as a kid. And the death of Optimus Prime always made me cry um, and sometimes yeah. still does. It's a good sometimes. <laughs> Hold on here. It's every time, David. I'll tell you that for a fact. <laughs> hey, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't just cry hearing the soundtrack to it. Oh, because uh, yeah. that used to be a thing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're an adult and you hear it like for some other reason, like sometimes it makes random appearances in certain TV shows or like it's it was played once, I think, at a roller derby that I went to. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, although there is nothing to get you to go faster on roller skates, David, than hearing that sound, that song come up. You got some. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, so, like, you know, it's something that I liked for most of my life. Um, I still have a lot of my Transformers from when I was a kid, and I have a lot of new Transformers that I've acquired since working on the series and being like, yes, this is a business expense. Um, (laughs) Never worked on my taxes, but, you know, (laughs) at least I could self-justify that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be like, hey, listen, I can look at this and get inspiration. And that's how I explain the $60 price tag on something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, there have been those times where an artist has been like, I don't actually know what this looks like. I don't know how to draw this. I'm like, give me a minute. And then I just like took a picture of the <laughs> toy at the right angle. I'm like, I think it looks like this. That's amazing. You're like, hold on. <laughs> so I have this. Not even in Google image. You're like, let me take a picture really quick. And there we go. Yeah. I mean, if it's that's faster. <laughs> no, that's uh, fair. That's all. Oh, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. Oh, David, I'm right there with you and all the fandom though, though, with it. Like, Beast Wars as a kid, I watched it like, oh, do you, do you ever get the chance to do it? Because I think I'm 26. All right, how old are you? Uh, I'm 27. 27? Right? So, I'm 28. 28. Yeah, so one of the, them. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, listen, people like, do you feel older at 26? Jack shit. I don't feel any older. It's, it still feels like the same. I think we're the same until we hit 30. Um, but looking upon it, like Beast Wars, like people are like, oh, you watched it all on TV. A majority of the, st- the cartoons, like Beast Wars and the G1 stuff, mm-hmm. I was able to watch, was on the Hasbro website when the first movie was coming out. They put mm. all of it for free on there. Did you ever get that or no? I didn't really, because I was, at least with Beast Wars, I was an early adapter to uh, DVD. So I had like the old, really weird, shiny box sets. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, like, it, fortunately, that is how I mostly remember re-watching them. And then, 
everything else. Like it. I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever gone back and done a full rewatch of all the G1 stuff. Like oh, I, I've probably right. seen okay. most of it, but you know, I've never yeah. really sat down uh, and made sure I got all the way there. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's it was an interesting experience. I think as a kid, it was a pretty good thing to do as a kid. But like as an adult, would I do it again? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know. It would be. I, I'll pick and choose some episodes. Um, although you know, I have been diving into it, the Transformers animated one that came out. Oh, I love that show. Oh yeah, it's free on Tubi right now. I'll sit and it's like, oh, you have commercials. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sit through the commercials over you watch that show. Yeah, no, I, I really like Transformers Animated. I remember really liking, uh, though I will say this one does not hold up so good. Uh, I remember really liking Transformers Armada when it was on. Um, yeah, no, there's there's some really good stuff that Transformers has done. And, yeah. Yeah. Do you have um, do you have any like couple favorites that you think you might enjoy, or maybe it, we'll make it we'll stick it to the comics a little bit for the people. Was there some that you enjoyed working on? Like, what are your favorites that you enjoyed working on in, in books and whatnot? That you're like, oh, this was, like, awesome for me to do, like, a dream. A little bit. I mean, there are so many. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say, like, there's something very satisfying about having gotten to work with Simon Furman a couple of different times, but notably on the Transformers 84 stuff. Um, you know, I remember... Like most kids who grew up reading Transformers comics, reading Simon Furman Transformers comics, and uh, like reading Simon's Beast Wars run, which obviously was very important to me, and then getting to work with him in my adulthood has been very satisfying. Um, Nick Roach's and EJ Sue's Last Spot Standing is kind of maybe the perfect Transformers series. Um, it's just so much fun and so satisfying, and I love those guys. Um, I should also throw out, uh, of course, Rebecca Nalty, who was on Colors, and Janet Natalie, who was on Letters. Um, but, like, yeah, no, it, it's very much in the vein of your Old Man Logan or uh, Last Ronin, but yeah, with... Yeah. Uh, Transformers, and that one ended up being a lot of fun. And then, like I said, you know, uh, getting to be part of the team that brought back Beast Wars uh, a couple years ago for the 25th anniversary and did the first real ongoing Beast Wars comic that it ever got was very satisfying. And it was good. Like, you guys did such a great job on it, too. And I would have called you a liar if you would have told me 10 years ago, you're going to get a Beast Wars comic. Pfft, get out of here. <laughs> no, there's no way. There's no way they're going to do that. And they and you guys did it. Yeah. It's, it's the craziest thing. It looked good. The artwork was great. The storytelling was great. Ink, all the all the all you guys did a wonderful job on it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm very happy with how it turned out. Uh, it's and it's crazy because I think, you know, seeing Beast Wars live on. I mean, sh seeing a live action statue 
seeing the giant statue they were rolling around for the merchandise for the new movie of Optimus Primal. I, I was like, this is like some, I died. This is, this is what happened. I'm dead. And this is some weird life that I'm living in. Cause there'd be no way you would have told me. I would have just, I would have bet against like $10,000. You're not going to do that. There's no way. I, like the best we're going to get is like maybe a cartoon revival. That's, that's maybe it, but boy, so it's a great time. It's a great time to be a Transformers fan. I think. I think so. Um, so you, you do writing as well. So I was like, of course we've been talking about with writing, uh, how do you kind of go about that? Was that something where you were doing it as a kid? Was it like creating your own stories and going from there and then you maybe put it in through college or something like that? Like, how did that go about? Yeah, uh, kind of. I mean, you know, I I come from a very literary family and I don't mean literary in the like high nose pretentious way. I mean, uh, both of my parents are booksellers. Um, oh, at shoot. Or uh my dad when he left book selling went into comics editorial and writing um which <laughs> okay. might sort of familiar mm. uh my stepmom is also a writer uh my stepdad works for comic con like i was doomed from a young age to be doing this you, I mean, you had a 50-50 shot of either doing comics or being the quarterback on the school football team. Yeah, yeah, and I was not big enough or strong enough, so. Yeah, it's true. They're like, listen, we got to get him at a young age, guys. We're all in this together. We got to make him a writer. We, If we don't do it, but we can't push too hard. If we push too hard, he's going to be in the sports only, and then we're screwed. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, I knew from a pretty young age that this is sort of what I wanted to do. Uh, and then I went to journalism school for college. I uh, got a, I have a journalism degree, and that taught me a lot about writing and editing in a very different way. Um, but it has seemingly served me well. And yeah, I mean, getting into comics writing, like, officially was kind of a fluke um sometimes you are asked to do a book that you know uh is like here to promote a new thing right um and that was very much the case with hanazuki full of treasures which is a uh hasbro property that they did some plushes of and some toys of and a like youtube first animated series and whatever um and so we knew we were gonna do a hanazuki tie-in comic and it was one of those things where i was like well who's gonna write it and i was like i got some free time and uh my boss was like okay then i guess this is settled go for it david Mm. um and then from there i've you know continued writing and done some more original stuff and worked on some transformers and yeah I like it. I like it. So it definitely is always interesting to see, like, because I've had I've talked to people before who are writers and they've had it where their parents were. What was the one? There was someone recently and they're going to kill me for forgetting her name, (laughs) but their parents were scientists. Actually, they worked Mm -hmm. in like one worked in um, one was a physicist. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was in biology or something like that, too. And then their son became a comic book writer. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> so how does that work out? No idea. But that was like an interesting one to see there, too. And some um, actors in the same way, too. And I've I've met over the years, like uh, 
David Harewood, he he had an interesting thing too, where his parents did a little bit of acting, but none of them really were into it. And then he became like, next thing you know, he's Martian Manhunter and he does all this sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's always interesting because I think a lot of people don't ever realize like you can, how to, how to put this. A lot of it does matter. Like you don't, it's just because of the upbringing you may have with like parents and families and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It doesn't really determine it. So if you want, if you like have a dream to be able to be a writer or an artist or anything like that too, it still is possible. But I think a lot of people like maybe here, like yourself, like, Oh, I had my family that did it. Or others who d- didn't have the family that were in it. You know, everyone takes inspiration from it, I think. And it's always pretty important for others oh. to hear, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's really it. You know, it's, very much a i think if you are being fostered in that environment and you know uh, you're like me and sort of it does seem destined in some ways uh you can either follow through with it if it's your passion or you can rebel against it and do something else and either way it's going to inform what you do and who you are yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and i and that's also a thing too is you take a look at it of there's a lot of inspiration in different areas but it's, you know, if you just go out and do it i think so mm-hmm. you, with a little bit of inspiration can go a long way but i think too like all the other writers out there and other creatives just make sure you go out and go do it because what is it like a writer <laughs> if you're a writer actually go out and write it's the old there's some yes. proverb like that yeah that sort of thing yeah. you can say a billion things like, i'm gonna write this but you never do it <laughs> So, oh, absolutely, I and I mean that's that's actually part of why I went to journalism school. Um, so, when I was uh, in the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, I think um, I was at Comic Con and I was attending a party with uh, then president and publisher of DC Comics, Paul Levitz. Oh. Um, and I had known Paul for a while, and uh, I'm talking with him, and he's asking me about my future plans. And I mentioned sort of being on the fence between whether or not I wanted to go to journalism school and or go uh, and learn creative writing. Mm-hmm. And Paul's advice was more or less like, you can write or you can't. People can't really teach you how to be a creative writer. You can't learn creativity you can practice it but you can't learn it so much so why not go and learn things to write about and i i felt like oh yeah journalism is going to give me lots of stuff to write about so (laughs) i mean technically yes i would be with you on that one (laughs) there is a lot to write about in the world so yeah i mean like that is that is definitely how i sort of found my path to comics and the things that i like to write about so yeah wow journalism though like that's something you don't ever really hear too much about it like usually people who do journalism kind of stick into it i mean how long did you do it for um mostly just through college um it's about three four years so about four years Uh, okay okay but you know it i had done some journalism stuff prior to that in high school you know like uh little columns for the newspaper here and there i'm and picturing then, the smallville torch yes yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty much that um and then in college 
worked for a couple of papers in various capacities and then managed to get plucked into IDW pretty much right out of college. So I didn't have to do other journalism stuff. But That's fair. You're like, yeah. ah, journalism's great and all, but I'm going to go write some good stories. I'm going to go write some, some uh, fantasy over here for a minute. Yeah. Wow. I like that, though. I like it a lot. And it's people out there, too, who are listening because there's a lot of people who I get emails from or I get... <laughs> Uh, messages on social media from and stuff like that or this you know folks who are trying to get in the business is it kind of goes into the fact too of like it can happen anywhere for the, like how do i get a job well it can just be best of luck sometimes and you just never know what's going to happen like you got to put in the effort but once you do you never know where it's going to take you you never know you have next thing you know you have a dinner with paul <laughs> it could be exactly. just one random thing it's it's kind of spurred the luck in a way i guess but they've been saying it for a while but he gave yeah. some really good advice too, by the way. I should say that. He really, I like that. I'm really like, I like that a lot. I really do. Cause I would say, and maybe we're on here, David, but I think as like writers specifically, we're a hodgepodge of a billion different like fandoms. And that's, that's our style of writing. It's like, we're, whether you're a fantasy writer, but then you're writing sort of like Tolkien or then you got Narnia or whatever it might be. Or if, you know, you're right. I think it depends what you're writing, but we're a hodgepodge of like different styles that we've seen over the years of books, other comics, movies, TV shows, especially. I think that affects us greatly as writers to be oh, like, absolutely. Cause I, yeah, there was a quote out there. I think about it. They say, uh, every writer is a melting pot of different media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that's definitely true. I also, uh, definitely take Paul's word for it because the man teaches creative writing. So I think, yeah, I was talking about <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that part. He does. No wonder it sounds great in teacher-esque because this was true. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was true. Um, so you mentioned it because I don't want to take too much of your time today, good man. But the the big thing about it, too, is like what have you been working on recently that you can tell people about? You mentioned some Godzilla work as well because I know that's been happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so editorially, my sort of big two uh, at the moment are Sonic the Hedgehog, releasing monthly from IDW and all of its various uh, spin-offs. And then I recently took over as the uh, head editor of our Godzilla comics over there, too. Um, I'm not editing every Godzilla comic, so if you pick up like Godzilla, Here There Be Dragons, and don't see my name on it, I'm not a liar. I'm saying right now that I did not work on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we I, I've been working on Godzilla and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, our sort of biggest recent release is uh, I've been working on our Rivals series, which oh, are such a good one too. these awesome little one on one and sometimes maybe more uh, mashups between everybody's favorite kaiju. So uh, like. Two of our recent ones are Biolante versus Destroya, uh, which is very, very fun. And uh, Rodan versus Ibira. Oh, that one. I haven't I haven't caught the new one with Biolante yet, but the run for Rodan, that one threw me for a loop. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this. Oh, boy. Like, the guy, if people, I think, are sleeping on Godzilla comics, I should say. I, I, Godzilla is my first thing I ever watched as a kid. <laughs> um, and people will call me hate or fucking so many things for it but the 98 <laughs> cartoon was my first thing i ever watched 
Well, as a kid, like a car, first ever cartoon was that the '98 Godzilla cartoon that lasted for a good season or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first one. But so when I was like Godzilla Rivals, let me check this series out here because and, and I should say the Godzilla comics in the past ten years have been nothing but stellar. It's, people are just he, if you haven't read any of them, folks, you gotta read them. Yeah, there there are some really great ones, and I'm very happy with what. Uh, little impact I've had on Godzilla so far, and uh, a lot of stuff that's about to be announced soon that I cannot actually talk about. Fair enough. Um, no, but I will happily, I will happily tease that. Uh, no offense to anyone else, but maybe the coolest Godzilla book of the past couple of years is about to get announced. And, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> that so. is like the most heavy handed tease I've ever heard in my life. David is like, oh, let me tell I'm going to tell you something. This is the best. <laughs> like what? It's going to be very cool. Oh, you teased. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's more, it, there's a lot of Godzilla stuff that, uh, wait, when is this episode posting? Uh, probably tomorrow. Okay, then there's a lot of Godzilla stuff that you're going to be able to read about when the solicitations come out on Friday. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that's an easy tease. That is an easy tease. <laughs> not, not as heavy. It's like, this is the best thing you've ever read. <laughs> like, wait, what? It's, yeah, it's like it's a hype train to a thousand percent all like really quick. Boy, okay. All right. I'm liking it, though. I'm liking it. All right. Um. And working on Sonic too, like it, you must be very busy. It's got to be like a crazy amount of work, or is it kind of like? I mean, I don't want you to get you in trouble or make it seem know. like the bosses might be like he's not working hard enough. But like, is it like a daily kind of work ethic? Like you put in a good ten hours a day. Is it like what? What is it kind of like working on multiple series like that? I mean, I try really hard to keep myself to an eight-hour day. Um, oh. Just like do the nine to five thing uh and once my day is done step away because the thing about comics is yeah like it's periodicals it's always going to be there there's always going to be something next and so i just try to maximize the time that i am there and then also maximize uh my time away from it and Mm -hmm. not worrying about it yeah no it I am very busy. I am very fortunate that I work with a lot of really great people like Riley Farmer and Zach Boone and Jamie Rich who help, you know, pick up the slack uh, and make my life easier so that sometimes I can go out and do uh, four conventions in five weeks or whatever. Or, you know, um, go go out to dinner with your significant other. There's that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I think. Beyonce, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, I know that. Like, oh, hey, I love you. <laughs> like, you want to spend some time together? I got a five minutes. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it, it's it's definitely busy work. Um, And it's also the, the thing that I think I can say as an editor that I don't know other people get to say on your show is – so much of my job is waiting for other people to finish their jobs. Um, like, obviously, that is always mm. the thing in comics, but there will be times where, you know, for as busy as my work is, I'll just have, like, an hour, and I'll be like, okay, I need someone to email me, because right now, all of my stuff is outstanding. Yeah. And I... uh 
can't do anything if I don't have the script or the art or the whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're Other a little bit asshole. Send a p- person an email and say, uh, hey, where is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, hey, wait a minute here, guys. That makes sense. So, like, it is kind of like you, it is kind of almost a waiting game because you have to get the artist, you have to get writer and stuff done. You have, to get, wow, yeah, the inkers, letterers, like the whole crew has to get done. I mean, that's why I'm kind of like thinking like you're the teacher that leads the class almost here because like you yeah. have to wait for them to all turn in their work and then start grading and such. And you got when you're doing stuff like I am, you have all these extra little complications. Uh, Good ones, but complications where, like, you know, uh, because Sonic and Godzilla are both Japanese properties, uh, sometimes I'm waiting on translators, oh. right? Or oh. I'm, like, <laughs> I have a script with Sega, but they are in Japan, and I am waiting for, you know, uh, <laughs> the time difference. Up. Yeah, exactly. they gotta wake up and read it, and it's, like, midnight for you, and you're like, okay, I'm getting up, hold on. And so, you know, I mean, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a lot of that sort of stuff, too, um, which which does make for a very interesting uh, set of circumstances. Oh, yeah, it does. I bet it does. Like having to do uh, one of the artists from the books where I was working on. We he was he lives in the Philippines. Good old Paul. (laughs) And and so that makes some definite time zone difference. And then because the company is located in New York. And I'm Arizona, and then Paul's in the Philippines. Yep. It, it's oh oh, there was a lot of late late, late night meetings, <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, oh, I, I can I can totally sympathize with that. Uh, I managed to get very lucky uh, last week with a call with me and two other people here in California, and uh, one person in Italy. And we managed to find the, like, one hour when our actual schedule is lined up uh, so that it would make sense to have a call. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, it's uh, like you have to do all this math. <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't want to do the math. Math, and you have to be, well, okay, it's this time here. Can I actually get up? If I have a cup of coffee, can I actually make it through the meeting yep. at 4 a.m.? Like, oh. Oh, and then you have to be quiet because you don't want to wake up everyone in in the, your house or apartment. And mm-hmm. It's that whole thing. Oh, I'm yep. And, uh, doing this podcast alone too. There was times where I had to. There was one. It was this artist who really wanted to be on a like year two of me doing the show. Mm-hmm. And they asked if they could come on. They're promoting your indie work. And I said sure. Let alone that person lived in France. Yep. I didn't yep. know there's a huge time difference, David, <laughs> between Arizona and France. There was. I had to get up at, I think it was, one thirty in the morning, and just like oh, we do it at two a.m. So doing a two a.m. recording for a podcast was very interesting, <laughs> to say the least. I can imagine. Oh. Uh, yeah, I have. Oh. I have fortunately always been on the uh, like morning or day side of those sorts of conversations. Um, I did. I did an episode of Sonic the Comic the Podcast, um, which is hosted in the UK. And so, like, figuring out times with those guys, it was like, okay, well, it'll be, you know, like, supper time for you, and I'll be freshly woken up, and we'll make it work. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Everyone's like, I'm cooking dinner. Oh, the best ones are the ones where they're cooking dinner. And then you, or then you're, that is, you're absolutely right. They're cooking supper and then you're doing breakfast. 
And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm just waking up in the morning. I hear chickens outside. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just cooking steak. All right, that makes sense. And then the podcast <laughs> itself takes like three hours to record, and you're like, man, I hope your food's still warm. Oh, yeah, no, I just... There is no, I mean, the longest I've ever done with anybody is an hour and a half. And I felt so bad, but, um, I was, it was like with Stephen O. Young, I think it was, and mm. this is a couple years ago. He, he, he's done a billion acting jobs now, but he did, uh, it was helping promote, uh, the Spider-Man PS4 game. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, him and I shot, got off very well. So that hour and a half went by, but there was no, I see people bring on cast for like four hours or three hours. Like I said, and they were like a two hour long. I'm like, how do you keep a person for two hours? podcast i'd feel so guilty like ah, i'm sorry at least at that point break out into a couple of episodes you know at the, yeah yeah oh yeah see that's that's good thinking right there that's why you get the boss job editor because i would not have thought about that oh man well uh david i'd like speaking of i don't want to take too much more of your time thank you for coming on this show um you've gotten some you teased a little bit of some stuff coming up so that for godzilla and the sonic books are currently coming out too uh, is there any other thing specifically you want to tease out there so people can go pick it up and help out? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll do the sort of standard plugs. I'm at IDW underscore David underscore M on Twitter. My website is davidmarriott.com. You can buy some of my comics there, including both, uh, some of my Transformers work like Transformers versus the Terminator or Transformers Wreckers Tread and Circuits. Uh, you can also buy some of my, like, weird independent stuff, like uh, the comic Jimmy Squarefoot I did with my significant other, mm. um, who's been previously mentioned. Um, you can check me out on Twitch sometimes. Uh, I recently did a thing with my fiance uh, where we played The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog on stream. Uh, That's brilliant. The <laughs> pop culture punk Twitch and also on YouTube, Pop Culture Punk. Um, and we'll be doing the rest of the Murder of Sonic playthrough on the YouTube channel soon. Um, and yeah, I mean, check out check out IDW Comics. They're pretty good. <laughs> Even the ones <laughs> you know, I don't work little... on. They're, they're yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I think because comics in general, people are like, oh, it's the death of the comics. Comics in general, there's a lot of good stories going on right now at all companies. They're all doing pretty well, I think. Absolutely. So that's good, though. I I like that. I like that. Yeah, you got Twitch going on, too. That's cool. (laughs) I really do think that. Um, Sweet. Well, David, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll send you all the stuff for the show when it comes out tomorrow. And yeah, again, thank you. This has been a fun time. Yeah. Um, if you're ever in Arizona, hit me up. I could pull some few connections for you because I work at a couple zoos and sanctuaries here. Sounds I could good. pull some connections for you if you ever want to see some wildlife. Awesome. Thank you. Of course, of course. Well, you have a good rest of your night, okay, David? You too. And just in case you need it, um, yes. I did also pull a Audacity file, so I have all of my audio if it's helpful. You are a man who's always prepared. That's <laughs> right. That's cool. I think we should be all right, but I'll let you know. Cool. Thank you, man. You rock. Thanks, Dakota. Bye. Bye.